Welcome to the Midlife Pilot Podcast, an aviation podcast with all things being midlife and flying and sharing our experiences and our fun times and maybe not even not the, the not so fun times. My name is Ben. I am a instrument rated pilot here in the Atlanta metro area. And uh, we're glad that you're here with us tonight for episode 46, where we're going to be bringing on some guests, some super special guests, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Uh, we have tonight, as always, from the West Coast, switching the order up a little bit, our friend Ted, Fly Sport. Ted, how's it going? Hey there, doing well. Good. Yeah. Also join us from Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Brian and Katie Siskin. This is crazy, man. <laughs> Hello, and also, and also joining us from <laughs> uh, one floor above us, <laughs> my lovely bride, Terry Sinker, also known as Mrs. The Sage. <laughs> Just want to go, uh, before we jump right into it, I want to remind everybody, you can uh, reach out to us. We love to get feedback. <laughs> You can reach out to us via midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube every Tuesday uh, at 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash at midlifepilotpodcast. We would really appreciate any and all support you guys can provide. Click the like, thumbs up, follow so you can uh, catch us every week in your uh, player we do have a couple of new supporters uh, since last episode. Uh, I wanted to call them out. Biff B, the Badger Pilot, Leslie C, Brian D, and Jeremy W. All uh, started uh, supporting us via Spotify. Awesome. So we uh, really, really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Yeah, really so, happy to see the the uh, the supporters on there. And uh if, if you're on there and you haven't reached out to us, say hi. Uh, recognize a lot of the names on there, but not all of them. And so it's always surprising when we see someone and it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's a small world. Love to, love to say hi and meet you. Absolutely. Uh, we have an amazing community on our Discord server. Send us an email at the Gmail account and we'll get you an invite so you can join us. So with that said, gentlemen, whatever you say, we get right into it. Yeah, what are we talking about tonight? And why, why are all these people here? So we've gotten several requests via the email and on Discord of some newer pilots who are worried that their spouses aren't going to want to fly with them or are nervous uh, to fly with them. And we thought, well, if we're going to tackle this subject, we might as well bring in the experts, that being our wives. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most high risk thing that we've done in aviation. Is the podcast and with and our wives. So go ahead and say it with Terry on here. I'm more nervous now than I was before any of the other really? episodes. So yeah, a little bit. You're you're kind of seeing me in action, and it's uh, I feel like the spotlight's on me, but that's okay. Well, I've seen you f fly up close. So that's well, speaking of that, you know, some of the um, the comments that we've gotten is is how their spouses. Um, you know, or there's some reluctance to get in the plane with them. And, um, I was, I said on a previous podcast, I made the mistake. I invited Terry to come on a flight lesson with me. And during that flight lesson, we were doing steep turns and we did about seven touch and goes while she's sitting in the back seat, which <laughs> oh, would have man. made me nauseous if we were doing that today. So, but we've kind of progressed through our aviation journey together. Tell me what it's like, Terry. Tell me uh, how it was when you first got in the plane to what it is right now. Um, it's really not that different from actually because I watched you train and study and practice and I watched you not take any chances. And so I wasn't really that nervous the first time. Um, I don't know. You always, you laugh at me when I'm flying in the plane with you, reading my magazine and not really. Which I love. Know. That's like the biggest so compliment that, you could give to me. I was going to say that. He like, yes, Ohio State. Go watch. Hey, oh boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that should tell you that I'm just 
pretty relaxed and plain. I mean, I always knew this was an inevitability. I always knew you wanted to fly. So I guess how I, did you know that, that uh, Ben was into flying? Um, I think, was it even when we were dating? I, yeah. I'm not sure even then, but he just always expressed an interest in it. Um, and then for his 30th birthday, I gave him a, a package of a few flight lessons. Oh. Um, and then nothing really happened for 20 years. Just about, that. yeah. Did they expire? Um, <laughs> oh, no, we took the lessons. I took, took three lessons. lessons. Oh. Yeah. But then realized we couldn't weren't really in a financial position to continue yeah we had three three young kids so um fast forward 20 years and then he finally um had an opportunity to actually do it thanks to um our brother-in-law and um that was it he had he had the bug so i'm gonna slightly put you on the spot before we get to brian and katie but has there ever been a time and i can think of one time but has there ever been a time when you're like Oh crap! What's going on in the plane? Yeah. <laughs> um, not like not on the altar. Of- not on the altar. <laughs> I mean, daily, but specifically, um, the well, the only one. Well, there's two. Okay, and they're really not that. But I think this is what you're thinking of. The first time, and you might not remember this. It was a little. I don't know how. I guess it was earlier on. Um, I don't remember where we were flying, actually, but I think um, we were about to land and there was a wind that came in from the side. That's right. Exactly I don't know all the technical. We were jargon. going to Griffin and there was a um, there's similar to the airport that you're at today, Brian, we were talking about earlier. There's trees on both sides of the runway, but on one side of the runway, the trees get further and further away from the runway. And there was a crosswind, but it didn't really hit you until you're about halfway down the runway. So my wing got lifted up. Yeah, we were literally about to touch down and it just pushed us. And we went kind of off into the. We went off to the very edge of the runway and then yeah. I was able to get it back under control. Yeah. And, and that was probably my most scariest moment um, in my flying career. Not that anything, I don't think we would have died if we if anything were to happen. But I would have bent the airplane and, you know, I would have felt really bad about it. Um, but, yeah, that that probably got my heart racing more than anything else. And then the other one, which is you were thankfully oblivious to, was the landing at um, Fernandina Beach. Right. In basically a low-pressure tropical storm. So, but we got it down on the ground and got a flat tire. The flat tire, yeah. Right. Yeah, that was kind of fun. So Yeah, that was... But that's when I was reading my, like, I'm doing like this, like when your voice runs <laughs> it all and we would read, but, um, I was reading my magazine. You're like, oh, we have a flat tire. I'm like, we what? <laughs> but that's just shows. I mean, you, you touched it down, brought it right back and we bar- barely felt it. It was awesome. So Terry, um, you know, we have this email that kind of started this whole idea for this episode that was from, I forget who it was from, but basically it was just talking about how they were looking for advice, you know, uh, how do I get my spouse to be more comfortable with the idea of flying or. Hey, let me read that out to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is from uh, JSH. Uh, it's uh, turns out the closer I get to my license, the more she digs in and she doesn't want to be in a plane. Any advice for getting a reluctant spouse flying? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I would wonder first, I mean, are they a nervous flyer in general? Um, Because I'm not at all. Um, And then have they ever flown in a smaller plane? I really hadn't. I don't think. Had I? No. I don't think so. Not with me. um, Maybe with your other husband. I, I guess part of it just was that I knew what a passion it was of his and how much he loved it and how excited he was to share it with me. And... I just was like, whatever reservation nervousness I might have, which I don't think I really did. I just, I don't know. I just put it to the side. You, you have to try it. We have to try it once, right? To know if you're. You're, really, you're a willing participant for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I chose my wife very well. I'll go <laughs> on record and say that. But, uh, 
maybe to offer, um, I see Stuart's responding. Um, uh, I would say, you know, involve her w- once you have some hours under your belt and you have a lot of confidence in your landing and you find the right day, maybe even involve her in your pre-flight to show her all the uh, variables that you're taking into consideration before you take this flight. The other thing I was going to say that I think makes Terry and I a good partner is um, there have been flights that I think we could have made, but there was just the risk level is just slightly higher. And I'm like, it's just not worth both of us being in the airplane and taking on this risk. And quite frankly, I might have gone on it if it were, if I were by myself, maybe not, I don't know, but There's been multiple, quite a few opportunities for us to go fly somewhere and we chose not to Mm -hmm. due to weather or whatever the situation may be. So it's um, I I intentionally fostered that safe attitude Mm -hmm. early in my flying. And um, other than putting her in the plane during the lesson and making her nauseous as hell. (laughs) That was... I, I did not see that one coming. So, but no, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I'd also like to add the more education that she can have on what you're doing, the better. And I think that's what's kind of helped me through the process of watching the sausage get made, as I like to call it. Because, yeah. you know, you know your spouse before they're a pilot and then they go through all of the studying, all of the training. And you're just, you know, you're having faith that they're doing all the right things, but I think the more you can educate yourself too in the process, the better. She gets, she's seen how I just get completely flustered just trying to open up like a pickle jar or something, right? Like it's, she's seen, she's seen me just, you know, be so terrible at so many mundane things. <laughs> so it, it makes sense that it's like, oh, wait, now you're going to, oh, you're a pilot now? You know, okay, let's see how that, yeah. It, why don't you keep training? Yeah. You, you you lock yourself in your car and you can't figure out how to get out of it. And you're crawling out the window and you're like, let's go flying now. Yeah. yeah. So, so Katie, tell us, how did you know that, that Brian really wanted to learn to fly? What was, how did you learn about that? Well, it was during the pandemic and we had some spare time on our hands and being indoors a lot. And he had his father's flight bag that he had kept with him for a while and decided that during the pandemic, we'd open it. And so he did. And it was going through that, that I think it finally dawned on him that this is, you know, this is the time, you know, I've got the time. There's not a lot, lot of other things going on. So why don't I spend the time studying and, and uh, going for it now? Yeah, it's, it's different than, than I think it, it sounds like Terry and Ben, like that Ben kind of came into this, like, doing what what i know of cheapskate aviation doing which is looking up at the sky the whole time and i'm i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this a little more like the relationship started and then the aviation was introduced into the relationship well so terry you said you know that you when you were describing something earlier you said um you know, I don't know all the jargon or, you know, and you were talking about sort of like how you just read a magazine, you just kind of hang out, you just sort of trust. That's a very different dynamic than what she, because she's, she's watched all of the, you know, um, crash videos. Yeah. All the crash, crash. right. Like all the study, like a lot of the sort of awareness that I have, she, she, the problem here is that she knows too much. We were flying in the mountains just last week and we got a wing kind of picked up as we were going over a ridge and, uh, you know, she says it was an updraft and then the wing. Yeah. So she's like, and she's like, that was like a 40 degree bank. I'm like, it was probably 15, but still, um, but the whole thing was just a, out of the blue. I mean, she knew what was happening, but it still freaked her out because everything else had been totally smooth. And then she basically said, you know, she, she's like, well, there's no, we don't have a good place to put it down here. Like she's really situationally aware and understands all of the emergencies and, mm-hmm. and has gone through all this stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering, you know, and I obviously Terry, you know, a lot about what's going on, but you just probably maybe choose to kind of just have an instinct to let it kind of go and just trust. Mm-hmm. Whereas not so much here. Um, 
I mean, I, I'm definitely paying attention and he explains things to me and I, I do ask questions, but like Stuart said, do you listen to the comms or just read and listen to music? And I actually do listen. I mean, I ask Ben a lot of questions about what I'm hearing them talking about on the, and, um, it's actually really pretty interesting. Um, but so I don't know if this will make things better or worse, but my only thought sometimes is that I feel like he should show me how to kind of land the plane. God forbid if something ever happened. And so that's, that's the only thing I think about sometimes is God forbid if I had to land the plane, could I even do that? Put that back up real quick, Ted. I want to hit that. And then I'm going to respond to you, Terry. Um, uh, Teddy Herrera uh, has, <clears throat> excuse me, my wife trusts my flying. She just hate, hated the turbulence that the first time. And that's very common. Uh, our oldest son does not do very well on the turbulence at all. As a fa matter of fact, I recently got a new flight bag because my previous flight bag was filled with his stomach contents after a pretty <laughs> turbulent day. Uh, so I get that. Um, to your point, um, SoCal Flying Monkey uh, is a YouTuber uh, who did, his wife was a very nervous flyer, and they did a, uh, as Alyssa's mentioning, did a pinch hitter course. Yeah, there's uh, a whole spectrum of that. Yeah. Maybe uh, where, I need to do that. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's not for you to be able to grease a landing, but it is for you to get the plane on the ground and walk away from it. Right. Yeah. And, and which is, uh, I, you know, if we can find an instructor around here that would do that, be great. Uh, this was taking place out in California. I would totally do that. Katie, I have a question for Katie. How has it changed for you? And you, Brian mentioned all these videos that you watch, but did you watch my first question is, did you watch any of his videos that he made while he was learning to fly? Number one. And number two, how is your, I hate, to, I hate the word attitude, but how is your comfort level now versus when he first passed his check ride? So I watched every single, <laughs> I watched every single video after he came home, got it edited, put it up. We watched them all and we debriefed them all. So, you know, I was with him through the process and it's every flight, it gets a little bit better and I learn a little bit more and that improves the comfort every time. It also helped to fly when we've had some of our trips and some of our, our, our hookups, you know, flying with you, a more experienced pilot has also helped in the sense of, oh, well, that's totally normal. So that when I'm back in the plane with Brian, I'm like, okay. So Ben did that. Sage did that. You're good. So that, that, that also helped. Um, but yeah, every time it gets a little bit better and I learn a little bit more and every time I'm frightened, I learn that it's, it's okay. And I learned the things that frightened me. And, you know, like I said, just the more you can educate yourself in the process, you have to be willing, if you're going to fly with your partner, you've got to be willing to learn about it. Um, cause that's the only way to get over the fear. So I, I was talking to Leslie, who is Josh McElhatton's uh, wife earlier today, and uh, she talked about what she does in the plane. And so let me play a clip from that. That's probably something I could get better at um, and be able to do with a little less prompting. But um, but yeah, he, he tells me <laughs> what I need to be saying to them so I, I don't just babble like an idiot. I was asking her if if she talks to ATC and she said, yeah, with with prompting and you know, so I think there's a lot of different levels of what people want to do versus, you know, yeah, what, uh, what, what the, uh, you know, kind of the lowest level of that is what can you do in an emergency? And the, the highest level of that is like, uh, Kim from Baron Pilot, who was like, well, I've flown with him a whole bunch. I want to go get my license now. And there's a whole spectrum in, in between there and it's all good. Yeah. Uh, 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 Josh mentioned um, that his wife, Leslie, is going to be doing a partner in command <laughs> class soon. Which I think that's the serious version like. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. that, that's really cool. I think also um, it's there's a lot of space between getting uh, getting someone, your partner up to sort of speed with what's going on versus, you know, 
committing to a class or a pinch hitter thing. There's a, there's a lot in between there. And I think that one of the things that I've been trying to do, especially now that we're kind of settled into a plane and it's not always a different plane or something, um, is just each flight, just picking one thing, you know, and saying, if, you know, it's like the first time it's, you know, um, Hey, if you press and hold this button, it will just lock everything in place in terms of altitude and heading. And then that will give you time to then look at, you know, the radios. And then the next yeah. time it's like, okay, let's look more at the radios. Here's how you tune a frequency or, or whatever. And remember just, just cause really there's only a few, unless you're training actually, I don't, I'm not, cause I mean, even if you did a pinch hitter thing, if you, if you do a pinch hitter course and then it, and then you don't do anything recurrent to that and then and then this th- this incident happens or whatever in 3 years you're not going to be like okay well that's cool i'm totally comfortable with what's going on here let me just uh you know lean on my training i mean but it, <laughs> i mean it's good to have that ultimately for sure and to feel that success and to see it all the way through but i but i think in that meantime it's sort of like uh whether they've whether a partner has been through that training and sort of how do you stay sort of recurrent in that modality versus um, just every time you fly, just don't overwhelm them. It's pilots have a tendency to um, return the torture that we all went through learning where you drink from a fire hose and then we don't realize that we're just doing it to somebody else. And so just pick one or two things uh, every flight that are easily digestible and, and let them kind of stitch it together in some way and prioritize those things being things that will help them in a situation. So I, I think that's a great point. And, and I've mentioned mm-hmm. this to Terry a couple of times on final approach and well, I was either saying it in my head or I did say it out loud and I'll probably repeat it a couple of times, but I tell her, I've told you airspeed is king online a landing and in this airplane, you want to be between 70 and 80 miles an hour and get that settled in there. And then, okay, so the next time or two, we'll say, here's where you want this throttle setting to be. And this is going to give you that speed. Just point the nose to the ground and you're going to get it on the ground. So I, I think there's a way to dumb it down to, to keep it going that way. Ted, do you want to read? I'm almost imagining. I'm almost imagining like, sorry, just like a product where it's yeah. just like a like a panel overlay that's already. It just mutes <laughs> out like all the thing. It's like a little thing just unroll and you just stick, <laughs> stick it on. It only it only shows you the essential thing, and it's got all like the arrows of like you want this I'm here put an there. LED screen there, and it's just going to gray out everything yeah. except for what she needs to see. So when I have, I, I have kind of regular um, friends that go with me, and each time they go, I have them learn one more thing kind of along an emergency line, right? It's like, okay, the first one, there's the level button. Next time, here's the level button. Here's push to talk. Next one, you know, and it's like each each flight, try to get them to know one more thing toward what it would take to get on the ground. The other thing is obviously, here's the parachute, which is really yeah. handy for, for that. That seems to make passengers a little more comfortable. You should specify what kind of parachute... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's just, it's just for me passengers out of luck yeah yeah so wendell geek um there's a lot of different resources um wendell geek said i got a checklist from checkmate aviation called emergency substitute pilot it's within reach of the passenger seat uh yeah there there's another one that that i have uh called uh pilot workshops um flying companion a pilot friendly manual and it's 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 interesting. I think it's really good for someone who likes to just kind of sit in the plane and zone out a little bit. Each one of the the steps is a single page, and it's like here's how you can help in a pre flight. Here's how you can help on a with a checklist. Here's how you can tune the radio. And those are one or two pages in this in this little booklet. And I I think the idea is you can pick and choose the ones that you're interested in doing. And that's an interesting. Uh, I, I like that there's a couple of different resources out there for that. That's cool. And Ted, don't you have some words from uh, your better health? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I didn't even realize the timing of of uh, of when I said I wanted to start flying. So here we go. I, yeah, go ahead. Because I know that it took me a while to get the, the first flight with Sam. 
just because the weather was really bad. So I was just trying to think of when, you know, kind of the context of that. It was definitely after the prenup. Yeah. So we got married in August and then in December of the same year, I'm like, cool. So let's go fly. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that's why, well, besides the fact that she's still at school, but that's why my spouse isn't, isn't on this is, uh, you know, there's kind of three categories. And I think that our three spouses represent those categories, which is um, enthusiastic, which is Terry kind of willing, but reserved, um, which is Katie. And then uh, Kirsten, which is like, it's not no way, but it's, I'm really, it would take a lot and I'm not comfortable with this at all. Mm-hmm. And so to, to go back to some of the, the chat earlier, that's my thing is I'm not trying to convince her. Right. It's if she wants to fly, she's an adult. She'll fly if she wants to. I enjoy my flights alone. I enjoy my flights with friends. And, you know, if she joins me, that'd be great. Uh, We also had um, we have a single person in our crowd. And so she was talking about how, you know, of course, it's a little different. That's that's not really a choice. But that led to an interesting discussion in, in Discord, which was what percentage of your time has been solo? And I was surprised at, at where some of these end up but as the uh as our uh social butterfly would be badger pilot who spends 19 percent of his time solo so 80 percent of the time with someone else josh uh is kind of in there he's 27 percent solo josh flies his family back and forth um in new england quite a bit so that that <laughs> makes sense the uh the the very social butterfly of the or uh, the, the very solo end of that is Alyssa uh, at 70% solo. And then Ben and I are both at about 45%. Yeah. So I was surprised that mine was actually that high that uh, 55% of the time I've got somebody else in the seat with me. I I, I, I was thought too, it was I about 30%. Flew, yeah. I thought I flew a lot alone, but uh, apparently yeah. not. Yeah. So, well, uh, okay. My question is, uh, it's interesting that people fly alone. I like flying alone, but you know, we've, we're on limited time here. We've got Terry and Katie here, and I'm trying to extract as much out of their brains as yeah. humanly possible so, for yes. our folks to benefit from. And so the one thing I wanted to just sort of put out there is a lot of people, I think, get into aviation in midlife and they just visualize or idealize or outright assume that and part of maybe the mental picture they used to justify becoming a pilot in the first place is I'm going to take my, my wife and my family and vacations. And, you know, they, they have a catalog sort of point of view in their head, you know, from the sales pitch, you know, or whatever. And that's really not in many cases, reality. Um, a lot of people um, end up in various forms of, uh, oh, well, my spouse won't fly with me, but my kids love it. Or my spouse will fly with me and my kids hate it or any number of things. So uh, what I'm curious about uh, from Terry and then maybe a Katie after is what would you like? We, we probably didn't do it the right way. We just like we just went for it. And then you guys were luckily able to adapt. But what would you recommend to somebody that's thinking about becoming a pilot and then this is sort of a thing that they have in their mind's eyes to how it's going to go uh what would you say to that person you know depending on the outcome right oh boy that's a good question i mean you know i don't know what ben really would have done if he'd said look i'm ready to do this and if i would have said i want no part of it whatsoever i mean what I don't, how would you have responded to that really? Because well, so it would have been, I would be on a different track. I wouldn't fly nearly as much and we probably wouldn't do nearly the same things that we've been able to do as well, but it, I, I may not be pursuing a commercial track. I may not be doing, you know, I may be just going up once a week and going down to see dad or whatever. Um, I, I feel like kind of to Brian's question, it's situationally dependent upon each independent spouse that's reluctant to get into the plane. I was reading the email from the listener who said the more, the closer he gets to the license, the more she digs in and she doesn't want to be in the plane. 
And and I think if Terry were in that situation, I would just let it be. If she doesn't mm-hmm. want to get in the plane, I'm certainly not going to insist yes. that she does. Yes, I'm yes. not going to make any ultimatums, but I want her to be around other people that do it. And also, um, getting a little feedback there, Ted. Are you hearing it? Okay. Um, but also, she she and all three of my boys love the utility of being able to go to the Florida coast in under two hours. Mm-hmm. So, um, for those that are out there, and I'm not speaking for your spouse or anything, but let them be, let them not fly with you, whatever. But maybe by osmosis, they'll they'll start to maybe latch on. Yeah, I I would just say maybe if they haven't already, just have them come and watch you, you know, take off and land, watch you prep the plane. Maybe the more they feel confident in what you're doing. And anyway, I mean, would you really want your spouse sitting next to you white knuckling it the whole time? That wouldn't be fun for anybody. So I would agree. Just, you know, let them be for now. You never really, there, there have been times when you've said, oh, do you want to go with me or do you want to, and I would say, no, thanks. I'm good. You know, but, and you didn't push it. You're like, that's fine. Maybe next time. All right. Whatever. I guess I always knew Brian was doing it for Brian and it was something he needed to do. And, you know, agree. I was along for the ride if I was willing and, and I'm growing more willing every day. And right. You know, I think that you have to think about why are you becoming a pilot? If it is the idealized, I'm going to do this, that, and the other with other people, it may or may not end up that way. But, you know, if you're doing it for you, then that's all that matters. That's right. Well, I think a lot of, a lot of people buy crazy planes too, right? You know, they're like, okay, I need a, you know, a Comanche or like, I need a, I don't know, I need to carry five people and all this stuff. A Comanche is your exotic crazy plane. Yeah, that's the crazy plane. That's just getting totally out there. <laughs> well, let's, the let's way, bring up Josh here because yeah. he he is what, what we tend to think of as kind of having the exotic crazy plane, which is the Cirrus. And he is, as he says, he's the catalog picture of frequent family GA trips. Man, that's that's what he does is fly with his family. We We had a discussion a couple months ago and he's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not solo enough to practice maneuvers or anything else. And it's like... That's kind of amazing that to have somebody who is has such a good fit of a Cirrus is perfect for Josh and his family. And but that's not to say that he doesn't practice maneuvers and such. <laughs> yes. Just n- not until they're asleep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we, we Michael Young can speak to that one. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, up on my uh, Instagram reel again. Um and I'm waiting for the opportunity to do that to Terry, but um, she doesn't sleep in the plane, so I don't think it's ever going to happen. Terry, Terry, do you know the video we're talking about that Michael Young? Uh, I've showed it to you where he puts it in zero G and she's asleep. And, oh yes, and then yes, that was. And then she wails yeah. on him. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I would be so dead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this uh, in the chat. Emesni, Emesni. I think it's Eames, or- New York. Eames, New York, maybe. Okay. Earlier in the chat, I saw you put up that uh, his wife was in the plane and his door and the door popped open. And I wanted to ask him, did she get back in the plane with him on a subsequent flight? Because that has happened to me. I have a Cessna and uh, Jeff had rightly stated when one door closes, another one opens. Other than that, it's a pretty good Cessna. That was a good one. Uh, Yeah. To be clear, uh, that's not a Piper. No, it's a Cessna thing. Yeah, because there's, there's only, you know. When one door closes, there is no other door. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, first flight with mine, her door came open during the climb out. I calmly explained Cessna's, which was the right thing to do. But uh, how would you like for that to be uh, your first flight? Your door popping open. That's not how I would want it to go. Terry, how would you have felt? Then did that happen with one of the boys? It happened with Evan. Yeah. What did I forget? What did he do? He just kind of looked at me like <laughs> I did something wrong. And then um, he, like said, he uh, did something wrong. No, like I did something. Oh, you know, like uh, I had that look like what's going on here. Yeah. And then uh, he said, uh, Dad, my door's open. 
in typical was, Evan fashion. That's it's exactly how he said it. And I said, oh, well, let's go back and land and shut it because we had but, just literally yeah. take it off. But Terry, you're you're very willing as well. So as a more reluctant pilot, how would you have felt or passenger? How would you have felt, Katie? Um, I probably would have slammed it shut. <laughs> but I like the idea on a Cessna that I had an out. Like, I don't like the one entrance on the Piper as much. Yeah. I, I the like door's it. on your side. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but there's extra latches. It just, it, I liked knowing that if there was an emergency, I could pop the door. But yeah. Yeah. I'd slam it shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just, what I'm fascinated by is that these human beings even put up with us just talking about it all the time, much less getting in oh, yeah. uh, the planes. And so my question for Terry would be, how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can commiserate with my sister-in-law, first of all, because our brother-in-law is who Ben shares the plane with and flies with. And they talk on the phone quite often and it's about flying stuff. So, um, yeah, I can, I was at, at any family event, it, as soon as the word AIR is mentioned, Terry and my eldest sister, Mindy, her eyes are rolled and they're out the room. That's fine. We're, we're I, both okay with that. I'm imagining the four of you out to dinner together and, and Ben, you and Kenny start talking and, and you know, that's it. Yeah, there's there's two hours just talking. They just you know. go to their own table and they have yeah. their own conversation. And we there they go again. Yeah. So, so but here's the thing. There's the flip side of this, uh, which is I know for a fact that because she teaches science to eighth graders, and she has utilized this in lesson plans, and she has to do like an intro thing at the beginning of the year, like here's who I am and da da da. She's pretty much presenting herself as a quasi pilot. How, what would you have to say for yourself about that? I just said that I have flown a plane. I didn't say I took it off or landed the plane. I just said I've flown a plane and I got some, I got some respect and some cred from some eighth graders. It works. Yeah. And you know, I teach physics, so there's a lot to incorporate for sure. Yeah. What are the what are the four forces of flight? Okay. Lift, thrust, <laughs> FAA, cash, DPE, fuel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, here's this a good great question. question. Yep. Do you have criticism that you withhold, or do you let it fly? <laughs> I do not withhold my criticism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> Terry in the plane. Yeah. yeah, no, he, he gets frustrated because I point out everything and I just like to make sure, you know, everyone can lose focus at some point. So, you know, I just like to make sure that I'm pointing out everything just for safety purposes. Did you see that <laughs> balloon? Did you see that bird? Did you see? Yeah, I, I point a lot. Wow. I like she, it. She likes to point in front of me like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly covering my eyes. So Terry, how about you? Um, I definitely do not do that in the plane because I don't know enough about certain things to do that to him. Um, but I do that quite often in the car. <laughs> I don't know enough either, but I can't contain myself. It doesn't let it stop you. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing is that, so I, since I'm an Android user, uh, the four flight subscription I have, this just, I only use it on my tablet. I don't have it anywhere else, but she's an iPhone user. So she, she's got four, my four flight on her phone. And so this has proven to be good and bad. Um, it's good in the sense that, um, you know, just because we're right by the airport, so she can use it when we're sitting out on the porch and see who's what. And she's really learned a lot about how to use ForeFlight, which is great. But then we get into the air and then she's also got ForeFlight. Oh, no. And no, I'm she, and in she traffic. There's yeah. only one microphone for exactly this reason. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if, we, if we could find, we need to do this for life, right? It's like, <laughs> uh, and who's speaking right now? Fine. I don't know. Okay, no, but um, so she she sees what's going on. So now it's been a learning curve of, um, we just went through the whole thing on this last trip of like, here's how to hide distant traffic. Oh, yeah. In flight. So that prevents... 90% of the, hey, what's that? But they're coming over, you know, it's like they're 23,000 feet above us. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, but, and, and then, and then there's like the, okay, now we've got it down to actual sort of targets and she's very traffic aware. And depending on the zoom, right? It's, it's like things that look like they're five miles might be 12 miles or, or whatever. So she's starting to get a sense of sort of what to be kind of concerned about. And, and the more you, you kind of experience planes, how close planes can actually get to you, especially in busy areas, uh, that helps. But for a while there, it was, uh, she's got too much information and not enough sort of desensitization. So it's no different than pilots gaining experience, passengers gain experience as well. And she's going to get better and better at it. That's all. Um, if we ever approach this topic again, I'm going to go ahead and go on record. We're going to invite Josh and his wife, Leslie, on. Oh, yeah. Uh, because this is getting more and more interesting in the chat as, as we go along. <laughs> Josh has said, Leslie has withstood, A, her door popping open upon takeoff, B, okay. a fuel leak on the wing after takeoff, and worst of all, C, my incessant talking about piloty stuff. <laughs> I, I would like to uh, have a little more in-depth conversation with Leslie. Let me, uh, so I was talking to Leslie earlier. Let me pull up a, um, something that she was saying about when she first started flying. Um, I was nervous more by the idea of it than by actually being up. Like once we got off the ground, it just felt awesome. It, it was cool to like see Josh doing something that he had worked so hard to to be able to do. And then it was so beautiful. That was like, oh, that was that's perfect. Yeah. That's the experience you want people to have, right? Is, mm -hmm. wow, I got off the ground and I got to see so many great things. I take a ton of pictures. Oh, yeah. When we're up there. Especially when we're going into St. Simon's, because that's one of my favorite approaches. And uh, it's really pretty yeah. going in there. Beautiful. I like flying through the clouds, too. It's very cool. Yeah, the last time I threw, flew uh, to St. Simon's was with Ben. We were out running some lightning. <laughs> was that when that was you had good. several landings at St. Simon's? <laughs> You mean on one pass? Let's get yeah. more specific. Yeah. Um, that wasn't officially the several landing one. It was the day after. Oh, okay. Uh, um, that was my uh, initial arrival. I wanted to announce that I was there, and I did so with three touch and goes. Well, let me put that. Let me put that out there as actually another word of advice coming from my perspective, which is, um, you know, because my contention with Katie was like. Wait a minute. You, you fly with Josh. She's flown with Josh. She's flown with Ben. She's flown with a lot of people here. No hesitation. No problem. Had a great time. Everything was totally cool. And then, you know, with me, it's, you know, it's, it's again, she's like, I knew you when you were not a pilot. I, <laughs> these people I didn't know. Um, and so, um, you know, I find it. Uh, kind of shocking, right? Like when we were at St. Simon's, she's in the back seat of your 182, getting bounced all across Tarnation down there. No, but uh, outrunning storms and like doing a pretty, like that was an aggressive, had to get it down approach that you did. It was, it uh, was. And all that. And I, I was kind of, you know, concerned, right? About, okay, what kind of shape is she going to be in when this, when we, when she rolls up and she looked like she was happy and just got off a roller coaster. And did you see that lightning? That was so cool. And you know, whatever, <laughs> if it was me and her, she would have been like, we well, get this plane down now. So, so I, I will say if Terry knew me in college, <laughs> she would probably be on the very same footing that yeah. Catherine is on with you. Yeah. Well, I definitely would, because you always say, oh, the boys are, they're just like me when I was that age. So that gives you something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, gosh. And so, but I guess my point is just in terms of a, a piece of advice that's kind of maybe not traditional and something short of pinch hitter courses and all that, it may seem not intuitive, but allow 
set up opportunities for your your spouse or partner or whatever to go and fly just in you know even if, with an instructor or just another friend that's capable or or whatever and just get some experiences that are outside the because I, I think that there's something uh perhaps slightly psychological or something or you're, you're if you're wrestling nervousness as well as you know, and especially if that has to do with like mortality or things like that right it's like right. to be combining that in this echo chamber of your relationship and then also you know driving across town like we can be like are you just backseat driving again right so you know couples have maybe some dynamics they need to kind of sort out but first get just the comfortability there. And so maybe a, a piece of advice would be to go fly with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great idea. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe they never come back if they have a nicer plane, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one dog geek has asked, is asking Terry, does the turbulence going through the clouds bother you? And you can go ahead and speak on to turbulence, not in the clouds as well. Um, is it weird to say that I kind of like it? I do too. I think it's fun. Okay, good. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all, really. No, I like it. She's the more, the more like roller coasters are, was kind of her thing um, when it wasn't maybe as mine as much. So uh, I was nervous about that taking her up for the first time, especially going through um, a layer and there was some bumps in there. I was like, please don't let this spoil everything. (laughs) So, but no, she's, I have a pretty awesome pastor here. I'm just so glad the, 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 this has been a very valuable episode, but the most valuable part just happened for me, which is we now have on record and I'm going to excerpt this and put it on my phone. Her saying, yeah, I like turbulence too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I have not experienced the kind of turbulence where my head is hitting the ceiling. Oh yeah. Like you described in the no, market. And, and I'll say, I don't like that either. So I, I'm more of a person. I don't. I don't like the feeling of turbulence when you're ascending. So, like it, it feels fun and normal when you're coming down or when you're descending. But when you're going up, same with takeoff. Just I don't like the feeling of losing anything, any traction when you're when you're trying to go up. When you're close to the ground, it it, it bothers you. Yeah. I wonder if that's kind of universal. Um, like, so Terry, if you did have a phase of flight that makes you perhaps more nervous than another, would you say it's takeoff or landing or what? I, I think if any of it, it would be more the approach towards landing. Uh. Um, but the last few landings that I've been in the plane with Ben, I mean, Here he really... Here it comes. I'm complimenting you. I know. I know. You, I'm you bracing for it. it. <laughs> yeah. They were like, <laughs> and one of them, my mom was in the plane with us. So that was really a lot of points to you. That was great. So, Ma, uh, Ma. <laughs> yeah. I am, I am like up here right now. There's only one place for me to go from here. <laughs> Don't get used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I find it interesting just because your uh, least favorite phase of flight is without a doubt taking off and landing doesn't bother. She can be in the bumpiest landings and crazy approaches and whatever. She doesn't care at all because her, she, what, what do you say? It's just like, well, we're getting closer to the ground. So it's almost like. That's got to be better, right? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like the natural course of action. You're mm-hmm. just losing any any feeling out from under you when you're ascending is 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 frightening to me yeah it just it goes against nature well i i think also as a physics teacher on takeoff you're going to be at your you're going you're accelerating and going up whereas when you're landing you're decelerating and going down and and there's that safety factor that maybe or that internal instinct of this could be more dangerous going you faster know, and, and it feels like there's less options sage just gave us some real wisdom there which is when you take off you're going up and when you're landing you're going down <laughs> I, I didn't want to overlook that <laughs> I hey, hey katie I, i've had a note sitting here in our in our show notes for a little while uh, tell us about the bowling green landing which one <laughs> <laughs> the last one it was great that's right what's the other one he's talking about i don't know the bowling green landing 
Which uh, you're, you're referencing some sort of a traumatic experience, but we have so many. That's no, that's all I, I have in my notes. Yep. I really, I really only have one traumatic experience, and it wasn't a landing. It was, yeah, there was a plane that wasn't on radar that came out of nowhere, and we had to do some evasive maneuvers, and it was pretty early on in my experience flying with Brian. But yeah, I don't remember a Bowling Green landing. Um, it might. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Right. I'm not sure what it's about, but but you've seen her on some. You've seen her rate some of my landings. She's tough, man. I, I think it's pretty good landing. She says a four. I took a long time to think about it. <laughs> but but yeah, We're let's talk five though. But let's talk about Bowling Green. So yeah, the last landing at Bowling Green. It was a direct crosswind, uh, and um, you know, uh, could you even tell that we landed? I feel like you didn't even know. He's so humble. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and that's what comes along. You know, that's what you get when you become a pilot. Humility. (laughs) (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Anything else we want to get out there before we wrap up? Yeah, Terry, this has been an honor and a privilege, of course. And we want to give you the the complete platform. uh, If you have anything you would like to get off your chest or feel like you haven't said anything yet or if you just want to talk about Ben in ways that we would find comical. Uh, that would be a whole nother episode in and of itself. <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, no, I just want to um, thank y'all for having me on. This has been fun. I do have a question, but I could save it for, I could tell Ben and he could bring it up in another episode. Oh, no, no, no. It's got to come up now. Yeah. Well, th- it, it's not specific to Ben, but my question is, I'm wondering if all pilots are superstitious. Huh. Because Ben has some things that he does in the plane that, you know, are kind of, I don't know if it's a, is it a superstition so much as just like a, I have to do this every time. Okay. So okay. that's a, that's a, I do flows and then back it up with a checklist. So are you talking about where I talk about fuels on both? No, that stuff you have to do. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, this is, this is like when you say your little prayer. Prayer before. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and what, what, hap- what happens if you forget? Um, I have forgotten and nothing seems to happen, but no, I do have my superstitions. No, that, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I'm just picturing you like, he's, he's like, now I'm the sage and he's got like actual sage and he's burning sage. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a Jewish prayer that is the watchword of our faith. And it's very, very short. It takes like three seconds to say, Oh yeah. And, and I do that right before takeoff. And actually in my customized checklist, I have that on my checklist to say before mm-hmm. takeoff. But okay. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I do the walk around exactly the same, like the same exact path. Um, so, I don't know. <clears throat> it's somewhere between superstition and routine. And honestly, there's a correlation, I think, between those two yeah. phenomena, it's, you know. It's the routine that nothing bad's happened yet. So, I'm going to keep doing that same routine. That exact same, that's right. where the superstition comes in, I guess. But that's a great question. I think uh, I respect so tradition. I was going to say, if you're listening to this on the podcast, email us uh, of a superstition you may have. Uh, would love to get that feedback. Mm-hmm. Brian's not superstitious, but he's a little stitious. Uh, <laughs> no, he does. He is required, however, to tell me every time he lands if I'm not with him. And I get that text every time. I, we, I have a UAvionics um, ADSB, so it barely works. <laughs> so. <laughs> So she is maddened by the fact because she follows all the flights and follows everything that's going on. And then I always, you know, if I'm coming in to land, I, I'm gone at 1,800 feet every time. Every flight I take, I didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I'm going to get Brian in trouble here. Katie, there's a thing that you can do that when your other half gets his IFR certificate. Mm-hmm you can go into FlightAware and create alerts. So he doesn't have to text you. When he files a plan, you'll get a note. When he takes off, you'll get a note. And when he lands, you'll get a note. I already get that, but the note is delayed upon landing. It's like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes? Well, so this is a little bit better because it's IFR flight plan based. So then uh, 
you can uh, use FlightAware for alerts, and people should know if you haven't done that, that's a great way to keep spouses in the loop. But even further, yes, for IFR, since you actually have to file a flight plan that's that and right so you, and you can see the route and you can see all the you know so you can get really rich information it just only it only costs i don't know like 15 grand to get me to that level so we'll talk about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah because a lot of times i know when ben's landed before he even texts me yeah uh so teddy's um posted something up here uh teddy herrera uh, I feel like if I don't tell my wife I'm flying, something might happen. And uh, I am right there with you. Um, that's the only time bad things are going to happen is when you don't do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> well, I mean, but let's be also real. It's like she commutes to Brentwood every day. She'd be like, okay, tell me when you, <laughs> you know, it's like this is bonkers traffic here. It's so insane. And people are, it's martial law on the roads here. There aren't, we haven't seen any, we haven't seen anybody get a speeding ticket or anything in, in like five years. Like it is absolutely insane. It's, it's road warrior out here. So she should be sending me a text every day, you know, when it's she arrives. Routine, though. It's that routine that I have that I feel like keeps me from crashing my airplane, which has no relevance to it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Whether my airplane crashes or not, that's where that's makes me super stitious, not just a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is funny is it's like, uh, you know, not to get dark about it, but I just I find myself laughing of, you know, thinking that I'm trying to avoid this sort of uh, recourse that I will not even be alive to receive. <laughs> 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 that's great well why don't we uh wrap it up we're she'll find a way she'll find a way she will find a way they always do they always do well uh thanks guys for joining us again please do not uh forget to subscribe or follow uh spotify apple or wherever you get your podcast um uh, uh, Tedder will have in the show notes or the doobly doos as we're calling them now links to some of these topics that we've been talking about uh, please uh, any support you can provide us 99 cents a month goes a long way um, we have new equipment we need new mics there's things that need to get done and pay for uh, we appreciate all the support that, that comes to us and um, any more that we can get that'd be great um, you know, if we, if we get a little more support, I don't have to eat, I don't have to eat cat food anymore. So <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this show paying for itself. Uh, well, in, in the doobly do dining yeah. on caviar and lobster, yeah. we're making Ted. In, oh no, uh, <laughs> that's where all the money's going. Uh, the uh, the support links are down in the in the doobly do on the podcast and on YouTube. Subscribe on Spotify. Uh, you can support us on Spotify nine cents a month or more. That's somewhere between twenty-two and twenty-four cents per hour that we've come up with. Should we? Um, the show? Should we? Should we tease a little bit about um, the next episode? I was about to to join that uh, super special guest coming up next week. Before we announce uh, that, the date is different as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, if y'all let me finish, I, I, <laughs> nope, I'm nope, out there. I'm not going to let you finish. <laughs> yeah. So next next Tuesday Thank is Halloween, you. and next, so we're gonna podcast on monday night the 30th i will be live from henderson kentucky uh but we will be uh streaming live on and we have a very special youtuber that a lot of people know and a lot of people like uh i'm very excited about it and excited to meet him are we going to mention his name no not yet but um yeah let's just say um probably one of the premier voices in aviation through the youtube uh and content channels but also um i think the conversation specifically yes is going to be very interesting because it's not just about hey meet this person or whatever right. um it's really about something everybody here pretty much consumes a lot of aviation themed youtube content and perhaps that's even the gateway drug that got a lot of us here <laughs> into this <laughs> predicament. But um, there, I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about sort of what is the future of aviation, quote unquote, YouTube and the state of that kind of content, you know, and I think it's been an interesting thing to watch 
how things have evolved or de-evolved or opened up in certain areas or maybe closed off in others and what kind of content uh, the system kind of rewards and maybe the types of content that it doesn't. So it's really going to be a, a rich conversation around uh, the state of aviation YouTube and where it's going. Yep. So yep. Um, please tune into that. And again, you can get us uh, from any podcast pod. Uh, so Todd had uh, commented, I think it's hilarious that you want a bunch of over 50 pilots to figure out Spotify. <laughs> well, there are other ones. He, he brings up a great point. I'm not debating him. It took me a while to get there. Uh, a lot of us over 50 folks, you know, do have kids that can help us with that. So, <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, guys, it's been a, a fun night. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Leslie and Kirsten, for uh, contributing as well. And yeah. uh, we'll see you guys next week, next Monday at 8 o'clock Monday <laughs>